Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Good morning. It is 5.30 a.m. and I dragged myself out of bed at this ungodly hour because I very much so wanted to release a podcast on the morning before the Society and North American Goldsmiths Conference commences in Chicago. My thought being, hey, wouldn't it be nice to release a new episode in case any travelers needed something to listen to? I myself will be on a plane to Illinois in just a couple of hours, and I can't tell you how excited I am to see some friends, especially my fellow members of the JV Collective, Emily Cobb, Mallory Weston, Leslie Boyd, If you happen to cross paths with any of us, most likely all of us together, our bags will be filled with our sirens enamel pin sets that will be for sale for $25 a set. Every dollar we currently earn is going towards the Yellow Hammer Fund, which provides funding for anyone seeking care at one of Alabama's three abortion clinics and helps with other barriers such as travel and lodging. The JV Collective believes in safe and legal access to abortion, and we hope that you will support the Yellow Hammer Fund through purchasing a pin set. For those not traveling to Chicago, don't worry. The pin sets are available through our website at jv-collective.com. So, the majority of the SNAG conference, I'm going to be behind a microphone. So if you're hoping to connect with this gal, might I suggest you plan on visiting Adornment and Theory, located in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood on Saturday, May 25th. I'll be set up in the gallery recording from noon till 4 p.m.-ish, and then from 4 to 6 p.m.-ish, I'll be hanging out, and I welcome you all to stop by the gallery, see the exhibition Underexposed, which features contemporary jewelry created by artists of color. I am truly excited to see this exhibition and hope you all will make the time to stop by on Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. All right. Today's episode is an interview I recorded a few weeks ago while I was in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond is the home of Virginia Commonwealth University, which I am familiar with because of their acclaimed craft and material studies program through which my guest today received her MFA. It was also in the program that she was introduced to Ethical Metalsmiths, an organization committed to responsible, environmentally sound practices for all facets of the jewelry industry. And it was during her time at VCU that Lucy Louise Derrickson got further involved and helped start the first chapter of Ethical Metalsmith Students. Now a professor herself, Lucy has remained closely connected to Ethical Metalsmiths, serving as a board member and also as an advisor to EM students. This past January, I was asked to be the guest juror for the EM students' annual online exhibition, So Fresh, So Clean. I was excited to be working with an organization that focuses on ways our work impacts environmental and human health. With the deadline quickly approaching for this year's exhibition, 
June 8th, I wanted to sit down with Lucy to learn more about EM students and give you listeners, especially the students out there, insight as to what ethical metalsmiths and EM students are all about, how you can become involved, and why you should most definitely apply to this year's annual exhibition. So please welcome today's guest, Lucy Louise Derrickson. energy to be able to do like three interviews in a day and then like go out to dinner and then go dancing all night and I was just like oh I'm tired (laughs) I know I get tired yeah I mean I also think you know especially being an educator like I spend a lot of time talking to people all day Mm -hmm. and then when I get home, sometimes I'm just like not interested in talking anymore. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I've like used up my, my speech for the day. Mm-hmm. Also, at the beginning of semesters, like often in the fall, I'll get laryngitis. I just, it, my voice oh, will yeah. just go because I hadn't talked a lot all summer. And then suddenly like the first week of school is like talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Know? It's not until like the second week that things actually, they get to start doing more work <laughs> and yeah. I get to stop telling them what to do. So, I'm a little yeah. nervous about snack because I am doing so much recording that mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to be very conscious of that of yeah. just being like, "Hey guys, <laughs> drink some, drink some uh, honey tea, yeah, some, honey and lemon, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah." That's basically what I've gone to the doctor before for like the laryngitis, and they're just like, "Yep, you've got it. <laughs> You're just like, try not to talk anymore, and yeah. it'll go away." Yeah, there's really <laughs> and, no like, drink like, lemon and water and or in honey, honey and lemon is what yeah. they recommend. And, and it does help, I guess. But you never know, like, would have just gone away at the same amount of time. Is it really helping? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it did because it I went away. I find just sleep. That's yeah. it. Because you're not talking and you're not even, yeah. Yeah. That's what you got to do. So you've been enjoying your weekend back in Richmond? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like visiting here. I mean, the city is cool. I was actually just here last weekend, too. I, I brought my students down for a field trip. How far of a drive is it for you? Um, it's about two hours. Oh, that's nothing. No, it's yeah. not bad. And, and we don't come down a lot, but we come down enough that, like, you know, we've got spots we like to make sure we go to. And usually mm-hmm. it's something, like, school-related that brings me here. And then Kevin will come along if, like... I'm going to, we, we decide to do an overnight about it. And sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but it's a cool city. Like there's a lot of cool stuff going on here yeah. and it's small enough that like you, I don't know, you can feel really comfortable here, Yeah, I think. But, um, I yeah. just, I mean, I know that I'm new here. It was my first time in the city, so it's hard to get your bearings of like where you're at, but I've kind of yeah. already gotten my bearings Oh a my little. gosh. I don't know that I ever have. I always thought like my directions in this city are never accurate oh, really? for whatever oh, reason. Funny. I never quite get where the river is and I always forget which direction the river even runs. So I was like, that's north. And Kevin's like, that's not north. It's never been north. I'm like, is, oh, you okay. are wrong. But yeah. there's so many pockets of, like even last night we went to some place called The Daily. Yeah. And, and on that strip, there was like a cool looking theater and all this. And even this morning, it's there's a lot of like cute strips of, businesses yeah and pockets of restaurants and things Mm -hmm. yes there are all these little pockets like kevin doesn't drive i do but um we just walked everywhere when we lived here you know like we got we walked to like we go out to dinner all the time like we walked everywhere all the time like Mm -hmm. you could walk across the city and back in an afternoon you know it's not that big yeah so you could go all the way down there and all the way back um so we walked a lot and yeah now where we're living in dc like I mean, it's a bigger city, and you'd imagine there's all these pockets as well. But in the end, uh, 
we're not in one of those pockets. We're like on the mm-hmm. outside of the pocket. So we end up driving a lot of places or taking Ubers places because it's like, I know I won't be able to find parking, but it's like two and a half miles. So not that walkable. <laughs> yeah, like it's in the night. So like we just want to go to have dinner. We don't want to make it like a five hour event. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like we're like, going to take I'm, an Uber instead. I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, so we're in Richmond and... I'm with Lucy. Okay, say it's Lucy Louise Derrickson. Correct. Did I get that all right? You did. Oh, nice. I thought I might mess up the middle name. <laughs> um, who is a metalsmith, jeweler, educator, mem- board member of Ethical Metalsmiths, um, and also, how would you describe this? Committee leader of the Ethical Metalsmith students? What do you do? I, I call myself the the, the advisor to EM The advisors? Students. Yeah. Okay. Advisor to Ethical Metalsmith students yeah. chapter or just organization? Well, so like EM students is just like a, a, a it's a part of Ethical Metalsmiths, right? Yeah. So EM students is just like the uh, a student-centered fo- like area of the organization okay so it's not like its own thing necessarily it's it's under the umbrella of ethical metalsmiths and it's just the part of the org that focuses on students and what students bring to the community and what students can do and um how do we highlight them and encourage them yeah Um, get them started young yeah right so like we kind of started out calling ourselves the ethical metalsmith student committee and that's sort of what it is but at this stage i've sort of turned it into um just EM students. Yeah. Like we're just kind of calling it EM students. Uh, and then there's different chapters. So there's the chapter at VCU, which is the mm-hmm. one that we started. And that's what So Fresh and So Clean, the Student Exhibition and Emerging Artist Award is for, or mm-hmm. is is done there. They kind of okay. control it. And then there's other chapters that have um, started to pop up. So we have one at um, QCA, Queensland College of Art in Australia. Oh, cool. Under Liz Shaw. And so they're doing this project called Critical Smiths. And it's a, a research series where we ask the students to um, think about a topic that they want to know more about. Okay. Find out more about it and then tell us what you learned, you know. Yeah. And it's still, we're still in our pilot project with that group. Yeah. And the the goal of that project is to end up with a poster series that we can then send to schools all around the world that they I can put up. S- yeah, I saw this on the website. Yeah. That's on- okay, so it's international. It is a, it's a part of Ethical Metalsmiths, and you kind of just as a board member and maybe as somebody who has great interest in the student section of it, you advise them and keep it kind of organized. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, so I sort of um, touch base with them, make sure things are going, see if like I'm needed, like how can I help to make things go? Because of course students are very busy and they've got a lot going on. And, and so yeah. there can be moments where it's like, there's this extra thing we're doing. Like how do we balance it all? And so yeah. if I got to like get in there and make sure things get done. Um, but for the most part, like I'm kind of behind the scenes. I'm kind of behind the scenes making sure that um, – like the sponsorships are coming through, like that they've sent yeah. um, what they've told us they were going to. When when do we start asking for that? Um, I mean, yeah, even with the our email stuff. thread, you like jumped in and I was like, oh, who's this? <laughs> and because I think I was emailing with Andy and yeah, you did exactly what you just said you did. And it was nice. You were just like, oh, let me clarify these things. And I was really thankful for that. Oh, good. So <laughs> yeah, because, okay, guys, so I'm talking to Lucy. Um, 
I'm down in Richmond, and if you listen to the podcast, I think this episode will come out before the other interviews that I've done down here. But when I travel to do interviews, you got to pack them in <laughs> as many. So I think I'm leaving here with four full interviews, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all actually came about because when I was at the Eastern Carolina University ECU Symposium, Andy Lowry or Lori? Lowry. Lowry approached me about being the guest juror for the So Fresh, So Clean exhibition that Lucy just minute mentioned that is through the EM students. And I, okay, first of all, thank you. Because I think that's so cool. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of fun. And you're just like, me? Okay. Um, And so I'm going to do that. And I just wanted to give listeners an insight because I had heard about the So Fresh and So Clean exhibition, mostly because I follow Mike Hull, who was given the Emerging Artists Award last year. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it got on my radar a bit more. Yeah, that's how that happened. Um, And so I feel like the organization EM Students is incredible and on the website you can be a member and you get your work on the website and I just felt like there wasn't enough students Mm. and I want to help spread the word and kind of get people um, informed about what it is that it's cheap to be a member I think it's great to be a member Um, and then also about the exhibition as well because I don't know if you do this Lucy but I'll look at calls for entry and typically they have you know, a premise, something like a concept. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't speak exactly to my work, so I can't apply. And then um, uh, and then I see who gets into the show, and I'm like, damn it, their work is like even <laughs> further than mine from what they were going for. So I think people just take it too literal sometimes. So we're going to highlight what the So Fresh, So Clean exhibition is and all of that. Mm-hmm. So people will apply and get a good idea of what it is. Um, and y'all exhibition or the deadline for submissions is june 7th it's like 6th or 7th beginning of june ah you'll have to look at the website oh my god for that's that. so funny <laughs> the actual we're deadline, like, I'm like what hey is we're gonna do this whole episode about this thing <laughs> where's the postcard <laughs> and then not even like know all the facts we're whatever um well the jury is taylor um Sarkatis king and andy lowry so they're sort of the ones in charge and you of course you're the yeah. guest juror and so they're the ones that sort of put together the postcard and did all that all yeah. that stuff to actually promote the show. Um, so yeah, they're just they, advising. They, they would have known what the date was. Yeah. Even if I didn't know. <laughs> and they wanted me. I mean, I was open to interviewing one of them and they wanted me to speak with you. It was yeah. kind of like, because you kind of started it. And you know what? We're going to get in all that. But, you know, the thing that I love to do when I begin an interview is give insight as to who you are. Okay. Um, just because... So often we see where people have gotten in their careers, but you don't really understand what it took to get there. Sure. And that's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Lucy. Where are you from? Okay, so I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, I grew up in like small town. I hear Wisconsin. that one the way that you say Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin and we saw it her there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh I went to, I did my undergrad in Milwaukee at okay. um UW Milwaukee. And you know, I, I went to school there for like no particularly great reason. I just, it was like the school that was close to where I was and my brothers had gone there and I was like, okay, I should go to college. Let's do that. I like art. Let's do that. You know? And, yeah. um, and I, I went for a year and I found that it wasn't really my thing. I, I, I had other interests at the time. I wasn't quite 
like ready to be a college student. And so I stopped for about three years. And during that time, um, I did some apprenticeships with some glass blowers that were in town. Oh, um, cool. So I, I did a lot of lamp working for that three year stretch and um, also worked full time at a hotel to, yeah. to you know, have income. Um, and then I sort of found myself like not sure what I wanted to be making. Like I wasn't feeling fulfilled with the things I was making with glass. And I just yeah. like there wasn't quite enough there. And so I eventually decided to go back to school um, to go into art education. And, and that was sort of where I sort of thinking more conceptually, like I was mm. missing the concept. And to me, that's like a really important part of my work. Um, and I found that when I went back to school. Right. Yeah. And um, but then I so I went for jewelry and metal smithing. And then I also went for um, art education as a mm-hmm. dual major. And when I graduated, I started teaching K-12 art education for about two years, mm-hmm. uh, which is really uh, a lot. The first my first year there, I, I would start my day at the high school and I'd teach a class and then I'd go to the elementary school and I'd teach a couple classes and then I'd go back to the high school and teach a class and then I'd go back to the elementary school and teach a couple more oh classes. And that was my whole first year of teaching. And it was it was crazy, but I was also just done being a student. So it was like, this is how life is, right? It's just always really busy and yeah. chaotic. Um, and then the second year I was there, I was just at the high school, which was so much better. And yeah. they even had a medals program. So I got to teach a medals class while I was there. and. Awesome. and I sort of already already knew that I wanted to teach um, at the post-secondary level. Like yeah. I, I knew that was my goal. Um, and so just after a couple of years, I decided to go to grad school um, with the intention of, of hopefully being able to teach at a college at some point. And I did that. So I went to VCU here in Richmond. Oh, for grad school. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, actually, while I was, I feel very lucky. I feel so lucky. So while I was like just before I had graduated, I had applied to this job at Montgomery College, which is where I work now. And I hadn't even fully gotten my MFA yet, but they uh, um, invited me to to come work there. Um, ah. And, and uh, they were like, well, we trust that you'll graduate. <laughs> we think that you're going to do it. And uh, and I did. And so right out of college, I got a full time um, teaching position in, in metals. Well, for those listening, that doesn't happen that often. So uh, slow your roll. Yeah, uh, I, I feel so lucky to have, yeah. to be there. And, and the school is a really fantastic fit for me. So it's Montgomery College. It's uh, just outside of D.C. in Rockville, Maryland. Um, I'm sort of in I'm the coordinator for the metals area. Um, and in, yeah. it's metals and craft is sort of how they label it. But. Um, all of the craft classes happen in the metals studio. And so I've sort of organized it so that all of the the craft classes are sort of an intro to metal through all these different lenses, whether it's through, um, we have some like CAD class, like so learning Rhino, but also learning intro metals and then learning enameling, but also learning intro metals. And now we finally just got some intermediate level classes that I've been able to get a, a big enough crew that's kind of returning to take classes that I can offer some more intermediate level stuff. So I'm sort of working on building that part of it. Cool. I'm going to rewind for a few things. Sure. First of all, I love the fact that you took a break after that first year. Yeah. You did you feel self-conscious about that? Because you're like, I'm stopping. Or were you like, this is what's right for me? Because it's hard to make that decision, I feel like. When I reflect on it, it was definitely the right choice for me. But in the moment, it was just like, I don't think I'm going to go back next year. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Just like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, 
And good on I you for listening do- to that. Because I feel like there's so much pressure to get a four-year degree that some people just go through the motions sure. versus like check in with yourself and say, are you actually enjoying this? Are you getting out of it what you're supposed to get? So that's good. And yeah, also, I didn't feel the pressure. I didn't feel like pressure yeah. that I had to go get a four-year degree actually. Oh, so okay. it was just like, it's it it right felt or... natural to just stop when I felt like I needed to stop. And I'm so glad I did. Because when I went back, I was like really, really into it. Yeah. And yeah. I loved it. And I got so much more out of it um, than I think I would have if I had just kept going and, and not listened to myself <laughs> for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> did you pay for your undergrad? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. Was it out of pocket? Did your parents help you? Or was no, it just student no. loans as you went? Student loans. Um, yeah. Like my parents probably helped me a little bit with some like some especially that first year I think probably with like being able to live I lived in the dorms and did that but but for the most part it was all um student loans and Mm -hmm. I worked full-time at that hotel the whole time until towards the end of my undergrad um I had a lot of jobs through school so I was um an assistant for Yevgenia Kaganovich who was the um lead professor there Mm -hmm. and so I got to get some funding through that and then um I was like the studio monitor too Mm -hmm. so I got some money from that and I feel like there were some other little you things here and together. there. You pieced it together. But you worked through school and put yourself through school. Mm-hmm. Is, and then when you went to grad school, when you were applying, what, did you pick VCU because they were offering you a lot of financial funding? Or like, how did you come to that? Well, I came to VCU because I wanted to study with Susie Couch. I was going to say also, like, there are some rock stars here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, okay. so Susie had come to UWM to do an artist talk. Um, we didn't do like a full official RJM at that time, but she talked a little bit about that in Ethical Metalsmiths. And then she talked yeah. about her work. And um, I just was like, this woman is someone who I would like to be around more. Yeah, yeah she really I, is. I, yeah. Like the minute you're around her, you're like, oh, I just want to talk to her more. And her voice yeah. is kind of soothing. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh. Yeah, she's fantastic. And so I, I feel I, like the I, last all the interviews this weekend has been like Susie Gosh. Yeah, we all love Susie oh so my much. Gosh, we're sorry, Susie. I hope we're not embarrassing you. <laughs> I hope we are just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Just a little bit. Um but but so that was my main focus. And I, I looked at some other schools, but I, I sort of knew that that's where I wanted to go and I sort of yeah. looked at some other schools just to um I don't know because I felt like that would be my duty to well, you to check some other things around. out. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak from experience, but I've been told that you know, if you're paying the full price to go to grad school, you're not doing in the right spot. Like right. you should be able to find funding and they should want you. And, and there was a little bit of funding. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't fully funded in any way. And um, I think what got me the most in terms of financial issues was not working while I was in grad school. Like I didn't have yeah. a job for that one. And so living off of my student loans also, like I needed to take out a lot more loans because I also needed to pay rent and yeah. pay for materials and all of the living stuff. Um, so I feel like that tipped the scale a little bit more extremely than I would have expected yeah. when you were just looking at tuition and having some of that covered. Also out of state tuition was a, oh, a, a, yeah, a big a lot one. More like, expensive. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I'm, I don't always do that kind of homework. I'm just going to like, oh, I'm going to go to VCU because that's where I want to go. I'm just going to go. I don't care. Oh, I, I don't, feel you I don't on care. that girl. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Ah, I'll be road. fine. I'll, yeah. The one thing I know is that I will be fine. You know, and and I am, but I have a lot yeah. of loans <laughs> that yeah. I'm paying back. And um, But I do have a full-time job and, and I needed to go to school to be able to get that job. And, and I'm, I'm at the job that I want, you know, like I, yeah. I really wanted to go to school so that I could teach at a college and I'm doing that. And, and the college that I'm at is interesting because I had never gone to a two year school. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know a lot about what to expect from it. 
but um I love it and I think that my background in art education has like really helped me in that oh, area absolutely. too so many of my students are you know just out of high school and this is maybe their first year in college and and then there's lots of students who have been taking classes for a long time and it, it's mm-hmm. a real mix of people there um which I also find very refreshing it's yeah. it's not just art students I just usually have a few art students and then a lot of other people and uh so for some reason there's something that feels really important about that because yeah. I'm teaching the general public for the most part about what it means to be an artist and what our lives kind of look like. Ooh, and I like that. Yeah, aspect. it feels mm-hmm. really important because they're they're taking my class. Sometimes they uh, saw that it was jewelry and metals or craft and were like, "That sounds interesting." And sometimes it's like ceramics was filled, so I decided to take this class instead because it fit my schedule. And they just kind of they wind up in my class somehow. Like there's yeah. all these different reasons that they get there. Um, and I have to think about what do I want them to be leaving with, yeah. you know, and um, they're not going to go out there and be artists. Some of them will, yeah. um, but the majority of them won't. And that's not why they're here in the first place. So what do I want them to leave with knowing what this field is about? And then it's through the lens of jewelry and metalsmithing usually. Yeah. Um, and if it was in a different class, it'd be through the lens of ceramics or whatever. But because I teach metal, it's through the lens of metal. Yeah. Um, but also this umbrella of what is it like to be a working artist to the degree that I can show them in yeah. in a one semester amount of time. <laughs> I mean, it's challenging and also rewarding in the same sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a different, wow. Yeah, and then some of them get really hooked and they come back and now I can have an intermediate like section that, but, I, can, that yeah, I can offer. Yeah, you're building up the program for yourself. Yeah, I That's think so. That's so cool. So yeah. how long have you been in that position? Three years. Oh, just a lot. So you're just now like getting your bearings, mm-hmm. feeling good, it's yeah. your domain. Um, well, that's exciting. Yeah. So when did your work, I have a few things. Can I ask you questions about being a board member? Sure. So you're on the Absolutely. board of Ethical Metalsmiths. Right. Um, from previous conversations I've had with people, um, saying you're on the board is very different depending on the organization mm-hmm. of like what that means, right? So for the board of Ethical Metalsmiths, there's always this like financial contribution I feel like that yeah. comes with that. Is that something where it's like you paid $5,000 and you're on the board or you have to fundraise X amount of dollars every year? Like what does that mean that sure. you're on the board? So um, so I worked with EM for, I've been working with them for about six years oh, now. Also, yeah, I guess I should give insight is like how the heck did you even get to there? Yeah, yeah. so I've been working with EM through because of the student committee because we started the student committee. It was myself, um, Kelly Morrison and Brian Fleetwood. We were all okay. um, courts in um, grad school together. And uh, at, at, at VCU, VCU yep, under yeah. Susie Gunn, she's <laughs> really involved. So she instills that in her students. Totally. And yeah. we sort of, you know, I think she inspired us for sure. Um, but we sort of realized that there was a, a gap um, in what EM was capable of doing yeah. and uh, reaching the student population. You know, myself being like, I view myself as an educator and, and you know, Susie is an educator. So we really think about students a lot. And at the time I still was a student, but I knew eventually I wouldn't be a student anymore. But um, we really like to think about ways of empowering students and finding ways to give students voices because that, you know, I think is really important important they're the they're the next generation of our field and um finding out what 
is going through their minds and also thinking about like working in a studio as a student you're surrounded by so many people so like really bad habits can start as a student that you'll never let go of and so Mm -hmm. we want to think about like how can we start these discussions about creating good habits or thinking about the small things that students can do because I found um, when I was thinking about starting to work with ethical metalsmiths i loved that they were called ethical metalsmiths and well, it wasn't i guess we like, didn't give insight to that too which their intention their whole thing is about the environmental impact that we have as metalsmiths on the planet yeah specifically yeah. with mining right like yeah. mining's like the the big one but i think em is sort of reinventing themselves in this very moment yeah. like i think and so this is a great time like as listeners out there this is a really great time to (laughs) um yeah to like tell us what you think em can be for the jewelry and the metalsmithing community that was the the title of ethical metalsmith to me was impactful because it it was like this large umbrella um because if you're familiar with my work at all i I don't really make much jewelry I, i never use gold and i never use diamonds so like I'm not really worried about my impact in terms of that type of mining, right? Um, But there's so many other things that we need to be thinking about in terms of... copper's got to come somewhere, from somewhere, right? All these things, right. Um, And uh, so we're thinking about students aren't using these fine materials often, so they are struggling to identify with the idea of being an ethical metalsmith because at least that was the impression I was getting because it seems like too intense of a term like i don't know if i'm an ethical metal am i one i don't know like i wondered if students were struggling with that a little bit and Mm -hmm. so we wanted em students to sort of be this place where we could just share like what are the little things we're doing we're working in studios that we maybe don't have control over because we're not um as a student we're not like buying the supplies and we're not figuring out how things are disposed of so we wanted to give students a space to sort of look more critically at the studios that they were working in and think Mm -hmm. about like okay so how are things organized here are there better ways that this that this could happen maybe i can do a research project and make a poster and post it and then tell everybody all the things that i found and like we we had thought about this myth busting series that was going to address that and i think the critical smith series that we just started doing is sort of addressing that but we'll talk about that in a second yeah um and I kind of lost my train of thought just a little bit there, but that, that's where that's where EM students kind of started. We saw okay. we saw a need, and we thought students need more representation. I'm very student centric. Susie is very student centric, and yeah. so um, it just made perfect sense. And so I'm, you I'm a, started it as a grad student, right? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we sort of had to because it was a student committee, and we were yeah. students. And now I'm not a student, so I advise the students that are currently working, but the the, the VCU chapter has stayed at VCU and they've continued to do the So Fresh and So Clean. And um, so the So Fresh and So Clean is a student exhibition and an Emerging yeah. Artist Award. And we thought, you know, what better way to give students a voice than um, have an exhibition? Because, yeah. you you know, there's so many benefits. You Like students need time or in places to show their work. They need to get their work out there. They need venues to do that. Um, and so a show was 
an obvious solution, we thought, to get people interested. And then the Emerging yeah. Artist Award really came because we were able to get funding for a, an award. And, and it was who like, doesn't love money? Yeah, we're like, oh, great, now we can give away money. Let's do it. <laughs> so as a student, you really created the foundation of your relationship with Ethical Metalsmiths. Right. And so then after you, how long have you been on the board? Only, not like not even a year yet. Okay, so it's very new to you. Yeah, it's very new to me. And it's interesting. Like, I'm learning more about the org now that I'm a board member. Well, of course. I, I, I was definitely in this little student silo up until sort of very recently. Like, like even coming to do this interview, I was like, oh my God, I better do my research on ethical management <laughs> so I don't say anything wrong, you know? Um, and uh, so I was, I was thinking about how in, in being asked to sort of talk about EM, I felt well, this is actually the first time I've done that as yeah. a, as in not just talking about EM students and what we do. Yeah. So yeah, I did I had to do some research. Did they <laughs> approach you to be on the board or did you apply? Okay, so how that happened was, you know, I I had been working as with EM students and mm-hmm. then um, it just seemed natural that I would be an advisor to the board. So there's a there's a handful of people on the board. I want to see maybe Including around. my boss. Yeah. On a barrio. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think I want to say without knowing exactly, maybe around 10 um, to maybe 10 to 12 people board on the members. board right now. Yeah, I think that'd be about right. Because yeah, I was checking I'm, you out on the website. I'm trying to picture the, the images and like how many across it. Yeah, they each are. get a picture on the website. <laughs> you should check them out. Yeah. And so I was advising and I was sort of like, helping with the website because you know em students had a website and now um, ethical metalsmith sort of rebuilt their website so we were like well we want em students to sort of be in the main website now that it's getting rebuilt mm-hmm. um and so i've been working with the web committee and i've been working with like the membership committee and sort of doing all of these things as an advisor um, and then eventually someone nominated me to, they're like, well, she should be on the board. We should invite her to do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's amazing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, and then I got to pay to do that. So. Yeah. So oh. what do you have to pay to do that? Um, so it's a, it's $1,000 to oh, be on not, the board. I mean, that's a lot of money, but it's not what I thought it would be. It felt like a lot when I was considering it. I mean, my monthly income is about double that. So that's a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. Like it yeah. felt like a lot. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like that so much anymore. Like, like yeah. I kind of got over that. Um, like I grew up, I grew up a little bit and was yeah. like, that's you okay. You save for it, you plan for it. Yeah, and, and they also, um, we've worked with um, the president of the org, um, uh, Alix Hart and she, Alexandria Hart, and she sort of, or we at least posed it to the board that part of that could be through fundraising, right? Yeah. yeah. Su- um, I was having a conversation with Susie and she was explaining that to me that some places you can fundraise it's interesting to me that you would have to like put it to them like can we fundraise yeah you know it seems like a no-brainer well right well you could also think about like you know part of being on the board is doing fundraising anyways you know like maybe we should we should all be doing that and have a goal of how much we also fundraise in addition to that board fee um but i thought that that was a good compromise and yeah you know i've always told myself like I would just be the best wealthy person because I would be giving so much money to all these places all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love to just give more. I mean, um, I know but... <laughs> a few of those types of people from my time at Penland. That that board is woof. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wonder what they have to pay to get on that because they are some heavy hitters on there. Interesting. Yeah. It's something I hadn't, it's something I had never really thought of until now being on a board of something. 
Like it wasn't something I ever yeah. knew was a thing you had to do to be on a board. Well, I feel like there's like shows and sitcoms where it's like, and this is not, a, I hate this generalization, sorry, but it's like some rich housewife who's like, oh, well, you know, they have this conversation like, what do you do for a living? She's like, well, I'm on the board of this and I'm on the board of that and on the board of that. You know, like they've made characters based upon that. Yeah. So in my mind, I perceive board members to be these like very well off to do mm. People. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It just had never, I had never thought about it at all. My perceived value of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like throw that in. Yeah. That's so interesting. So um, then but, when you're on the board, do they outline? Well, I'm sure that I know Anna told me that she had gone to Seattle for the board meeting. Mm-hmm. So you travel to a board meeting. Do you have to? Is it mandatory? No, it's not mandatory. I think that it's encouraged, especially to like create that sense of community between the people. Like there's a difference between being on a computer watching the meeting happen and participating in over a computer and like having face-to-face interaction and um I know other boards that it is mandatory yeah and I I could see why yeah you can get so much more done if you're just in a room with each other totally um for for me it's a little bit difficult in terms of scheduling and and I'm sure that's the case for so many people and oh my gosh yeah similar situations um so so far I haven't gone to uh Like I just sort of was invited on right when last year's like in-person retreat happened. And so the next one is coming up pretty soon and I, it's all going to be over the summer and uh, I, I've got summer classes and stuff that I'm teaching. So I I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So I do have the option to come to it via the computer Um, and I may, and hopefully very soon in my reign on the board, I'll go to a physical well, one because sure I want to meet everybody. <laughs> yeah, you want to meet everybody. Yeah. It's it's a cool opportunity, but also I'm sure that the travel costs and accommodations are on you. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, are you going to have a vacation or are you going to go to a board meeting? Right. I'd rather be on a beach. Can right. you do, maybe you can combine the both. You guys <laughs> well, go to Cancun. They do have like, I mean, just going, I, they go to Seattle. I think it's been in like San Francisco. I mean, I don't know so where it's all cool it's been. Places. Yeah, I mean, they're places yeah. I definitely want to go. Yeah. Um, it's just more of being able to schedule the time because I, because I teach over the summer, I usually teach two classes over the summer. So over the summer break, I probably have about three weeks off, like I have a week and then school's on a week and then school's on and then a week and then yeah. school's on for the rest of the year. Um, and uh, that's not a lot of time. Yeah. So time like, is our most like, valuable resource. Will come and visit during those times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I totally get that. Yeah. And so with that too, what does that look like throughout the year for you in terms of the time you dedicate it to it? Because it's an unpaid oh. position. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I work on EM stuff, specifically EM students. Like most of the yeah. stuff that I do is related to EM students in some way or another, even though I do like work with the membership committee and the, um, the website committee. It's, Sort of Everybody like has their the, specialty. Yeah, it's through the lens of how is it affecting EM students for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I definitely work on it on a weekly basis. Like I'm doing oh, wow. stuff definitely weekly. Because um, there's there's emails. Like right now we're sort of doing our membership drive with the student um, exhibition and emerging artist yeah. awards. So as um, uh, members come in, I'll add them to the website. They'll give me an image. So I, I, I do all that all of that um I reach out to them a lot to like I send emails to the student groups to let them know what's going on or little yeah little things. Keep, the, keep in communication with the chapters and fill them in on what's happening totally so then yeah. uh it's, so it's a lot of talking back and forth with the VCU chapter here with Taylor and um and Andy and whoever's the like there's always an in incoming and outgoing person sort of at any like one a time president kind of well sort of so like Taylor now she had been working on it last year when she was a first year at VCU and now um, she'll be graduating and so she's sort of like 
showing Andy like all the steps that we did last year and then he'll be the one who has got one year of experience when the new group comes in so there's always a flux in and out of the students yeah um and so I kind of help make sure they all sort of know what to do and what's Transition. going on right um but but for the most part they're you know they're doing it all they're reaching out to the guest juror they're you know yeah. they're gonna do the actual juring of it they design the postcard like they they do all that stuff um yeah, they make it happen. I mean, they're grown ass adults. Yeah, totally. And they do an awesome job. And, and it's fun, yeah. it's fun to see how the show can like evolve over the years too, because yeah. you know, the each group that comes in will like have a little bit of a different vision for what they want it to be and and then they can do that and that's really cool, you know, yeah. like um and, and sometimes for me it's like I have to make sure to like to allow that to happen because it's oh, you easy, gotta, yeah. you know, it's easy you to be like oh but it's my back. little baby and I've seen it grow up and I want to make sure and you want this you want to make bone. sure this is happening and blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah so like I have to find make sure I have that balance of like not um you know like even doing this interview today I was like yeah. are you sure are you guys sure you don't want to do it like I don't want to take that from you Them. as an opportunity because you're the ones doing the show and we're promoting the show um and so but they, they I, asked me. They asked me to do it. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> whatever. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Just get in front of a microphone. I <laughs> yeah. can only take one of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I, I, was, I was very um, flattered that they would let me come in and, and, and kind of speak on their behalf about this year's show. And then I can yeah. kind of give you some more insight about the rest of... Um, the EM student stuff that's well, going on. Well, I did on. love that because I do I do a handful, a bit of research when I'm going to do somebody, especially you. Like, I haven't connected with you at all before. Yeah, I know. You know, it's so I've funny. I've seen you and I'm, some, I'm shy sometimes and I don't say hello to well, people yeah. I should. Our community <laughs> is, like, simultaneously so small but so big, mm-hmm. you know, and it's something... Like, for instance, this whole weekend, you know, I never connected with Susie, Kathleen, or you. And oh. then I'm like, how the hell have I not met you guys before? I know. You know, and now it's like, now you'll be, it's kind of like um, when you buy a new car and you're like, oh, I've never seen this car before. But then you have that car and then you see that car everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Totally. Um, but no, I'm really happy because, too, I did want to highlight Ethical Metalsmiths because I feel like it's an organization that not enough people know about. Right. Because there's a lot of jewelers out there. Right. It seems to like thinking about Ethical Metalsmiths and in deciding to sort of jump on board and be involved in whatever capacity, it was just, it seems so important. Like, yeah. it just seems like it's something that we all should be, th- like, at the very least thinking about, like, what is it about our practice that is causing, like, an environmental and a human cost? And what are Which those costs? Lot. And, and it's it, kind of crazy. So extreme, and it it can be very depressing to think about. And because of that, sometimes it's easy to just be like, I can't think about it because if I do think about it, I can't make work anymore. Well, it's, that's <laughs> a good point, and it's, it's also dangerous. Yeah, like being a metalsmith. I think sometimes I. I know people are like, I'm just starting up and I got myself a torch. I'm like, oh, where are you working? They're like, my spare bedroom with mm-hmm. carpet and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what we do is dangerous. It's affecting our health directly. And we need um, organizations like Ethical Metalsmiths and EM students to help us educate ourselves and right. understand what we're getting ourselves into. And I think, so like like I was saying, you know, right now, um, EM is sort of redefining itself a little bit and yeah. and I think in a, in a really lovely way so they're they're sort of open right now to what is the potential um some of the things that they're up to is um the, you know their professionals who get membership will get uh 
a profile and they're mm-hmm. designing this self-assessment of sorts that if you have the profile on there you'll sort of answer these series of questions and then how you answer those will sort of kind of they'll give you a grade right like you're kind of Oof. rated sort of but it, and like, which that is makes good it sound I mean, a little yeah. extreme but it's no, like but you should know right you should know <laughs> and i think that that's not only helpful for consumers right because then they yeah. can like look and see who is who is and who isn't doing certain things but as a maker you can also be like oh that is a question that i've never considered before like yeah. now i should make sure that i consider that and and that even when I think of the, those words coming out of my mouth right now, I, I feel a little bit naive because, like I said before, I don't make a lot of jewelry, and I so I, I'm not in the world of like looking for stones and looking for gold and making sure that it's sourced properly, Ethical. right? Yeah. Um. So like some like that's why when I'm coming here to represent them, I'm like, okay, I hope I'm making I'm saying the but right you're things still a of what there are. Smith. Like <laughs> even the fact that like even the way that you dispose of your flux or pickle or anything like that, you know, that still is. Yeah, it doesn't just speak to fine jewelry. Right, right. Yeah. And so I think that that's what's so lovely about like the title Ethical Metalsmith is that it's all encompassing. Yeah. Um, but so there's these, I, I think that what EM is and wants to be much more so is this resource, like this place yeah. where we can go as makers and find out what are things we can be doing. And also a place where you can go as a company and find out what are the things you can be doing and one of the things that you places you can go as a consumer and find Mm -hmm. out what are the questions I should be asking because that's really really important to educate the public Um, and I think that there's a lot more ways we can do it uh, and we're still like coming up with more and more projects and uh, I've got so many I've got so many ideas (laughs) I love this new direction and you know it's funny I feel bad saying this um I didn't really think about my environmental impact hardly at all. Yeah. But I work for a company, shout out, Barry O'Neill. Yeah. Um, which is one of the industry leaders in ethical and sustainable jewelry practices. Right. And they hit, it's Anna Barrio, who we've previously mentioned, she's on the board of Ethical Metalsmiths and Paige Neal. And their first mission statement from like 10 years ago, it was instilled in them yeah. about their environmental impact. And working there has really brought that to my attention. And the way that you were talking about people who sign up and then get kind of this grading system, honestly, that's, I I can't tell you how many people come to Barry O'Neill because they Google ethical, sustainable jewelry, mm-hmm. and we are one of the first that pop up. People are hungry for that. They're they're realizing that they need to be more conscious as consumers, right. um, and we're killing it because you know it's kind of on trend right now to be like yeah. it's ethical and sustainable. But like that was just what their mission in the beginning was, and so we're that's helping our business right now, mm-hmm. and I. And I, if you had some kind of directory where people could actually see the grading of like how the jewelers pa- practices are, mm-hmm. I think that'd be huge. Yeah, it seems like a really awesome tool for for really ch- everybody yeah. involved. And yeah. so that's that's one of the projects that it, you know it's a bigger project to get that sort of all figured out. But oh, that's um, a they've huge been making project. yeah they've been making a lot of good progress on <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for when that is going to officially roll out and. Um, and I also get yeah. a lot of emails to Barry O'Neill asking us about, hey, could you like, I'm trying to make an engagement ring, but I don't know where to find like an ethical diamond or mm-hmm. what that means, or can you give me this resource? And we just always direct them to the Ethical Metalsmiths website. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and what's also great about, so as a member, whether you're a professional member or a student level member, uh, you have access to this 
uh, Google forum. And it's interesting, the forum, it's, you know, just comes through your email. Right? Oh, I and didn't it, know yeah, about Yeah, it just this. comes through the email and it's like, I get it in my um, like updates folder on Google. But um but it's there's constantly all, people asking yeah, questions. There's and, all these people asking yeah. questions and coming up with answers and like, what is my experience? And it's it has all all this action. There'll, there'll be like months where you just get tons and tons of it, and then it'll sometimes it'll be a little slower, and then it'll pop back up again. But it, that it is a really interesting resource to read through some of those, and, and so that's something that you have to be a member to have access to, um, yeah. to be involved in some of those conversations. But you, you know, I always find it interesting, like what questions are people asking you know like oh well, it's kind of like an interesting question i never thought to ask that question <laughs> that form kind of reminds me of like oh god i never know how to say this ganaskin ganaskin yeah i use that so much yeah all the time yeah. and so it kind of reminds me because people are just like has a random question and then all these people chime in and everybody you know there's a thousand ways to skin a cat so i'm sure like everybody has like very different answers mm-hmm. that are coming to it um so for membership wise yeah I actually have it pulled up because I was checking it out because ethical metalsmiths, you can be, you should be a member. Get on it, people. <laughs> Students is $35 every 12 months. So become a member before you graduate. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything is cheaper and better when you're a student. Mm-hmm. Bronze membership is, it's described as supporter. So it's $150 a month which is nice. No, no, no. Um, it's oh, a, not a, every a 12 months, yeah. a year. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was not a, whoa. Hello. Sorry. Um, so that could be like perceived value, which I definitely am going to become a member awesome. next month because I can't afford it this month. Um, silver membership, which is schools. Mm-hmm. So institution. Cool. And that's $250 a year, which is like nothing to, for institutions. Yeah, plus they get, um, they you often institutions sign up because they want to get the RJM toolkit, the radical jewelry makeover <gasps> toolkit. Oh yeah, right. And then also they'll get two student memberships that they get to give away to um, some people in their student body that they want to ha- have member. Oh wow, there's in conference discounts. There's a lot of really good. Be- so guys, it's ethicalmetalsmiths.org, and like of course I'll put links and descriptions in the podcast. But um, check that out, educators, because that's really cool. Just to be able to give your mem- students two memberships. Mm-hmm. Um, Gold membership is jewelry designers. That's $300 a year. And that's geared more towards like the professional um, level where you're going to get a profile and like a a collection of your work on the website yeah. and then eventually that designer self-assessment tool. And I know um, Aaron Galligan, I adore her. I studied with her and she's a good friend and she's has a jewelry company, Aid Memoir. I always say that wrong. Aid Memoir. Yeah, whatever. And it's, and it's ethical engagement rings and wedding bands as well. Um, and the same thing, a lot of her clientele come to her because of that. And I know she's a member and even on her website, she states that she donates to you guys. And oh. yeah, and I think that's huge. And people take note of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Palladium. Also, I love Palladium. <laughs> uh, membership retailers. So $500 every year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like what would be a real t- retailer? Like you know, Tiffany I mean, is it, Tiffany it, signed up. It, it they certainly should be. could be. And you know what that, like I said, my role has been very like EM student oh, centered. Right. So yeah. um, some others on the membership committee might know a little bit more about like what we expect means. of a retailer member or other types of businesses that might enroll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's focus in on what your strength is too, because so 
Also, I'm so curious. Mm-hmm. Why me for the juror, guest juror? Oh. You never know those things, right? Like yeah. you see people get, it's kind of prestigious to sure. be invited to do something like that, but you never really know like why? <laughs> well, so uh, the way I pose it, you know, when we started, when we started the project, it was, you know, the person who you, so, so you were chosen by Taylor and Andy, right? Like they, yeah. they decided, I mean, they're the in charge, right? Because yeah. they're in charge of this show. Um, and so when I was a student, I thought of it as like, well, who do I want to talk to this semester? <laughs> like, and so um, we yeah. uh, we worked with. Um, Renee Zettel Sterling when we did I, did, I looked show. at the previous guest jurors. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, because, you <laughs> yeah. know, I was just, you know, I was there and she's just, her work is, I've loved her work so much. And so I thought, ah, oh, well, I want to connect can, with that person. We have a good reason to reach out and say, hello, well, yeah. let's work together. Um, and so I think that that's part of it. Like, you know, who do we want to work with? Um, who's kind of doing some interesting things in the field, you know? Yeah. So I'd imagine that that was a reason why they wanted to reach out Andy to Andy did you. say he's a po- listens to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. So that, like, that, that's really all <laughs> there is Taylor. to it. Like yeah. someone who is, we're excited to participate yeah yeah and i think that's really interesting cool factor cool factor yes (laughs) cool factor um i think sometimes you do the things are just yeah sometimes you just pick people because you like them yeah and that's fine totally i mean not that there's not a million other people out there we like you we like a lot of you we we only have one show a year yeah (laughs) i know that's why it's like special yeah um i always got to figure out one only one (laughs) i think he did mention and i've mentioned on the podcast before that i work for barry o'neill and if you're em students i mean how could you not be familiar at least with what the company is doing because it's such a big part um and so they did mention that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like I mentioned it to Paige and Anna that I was like, I got chosen to do this. And I think it's partially because I do work here. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm conscious of it in my work life. Sure. Yeah. My full time job. It's a big conversation for us. Yeah. And Barry O'Neill's taught me so much down to like what we sweep the floor that all gets refined where Mm. you rinse your hands I mean even as a company you know like we compost we recycle we're constantly trying to figure out you know how we can make a less of an impact right and that's so and that's one of the major things about EM students that we really like to focus on is what are all of those smaller things like those small things also have a big impact and what are those and like we almost to the point where the applications and and I'm we sort of go through the applications every year and we're sort of compiling this list of suggestions and ideas because um, part of the application um, students are asked, well, I'll kind of back up for a second. The application yeah. process, uh, we usually ask students to provide us with a statement, like an artist statement, because of course we always kind of want to tell oh, wait, people what we're the talking about, about. So fresh, so clean. About so fresh. And so okay, clean, yeah. so we guys, we're officially jumping in. So We've fresh, so in. clean. Sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we also um, we also ask them about like what their responsibility statement is. So like, mm. and and that can what be is a responsibility statement exactly. And so that's another reason why you know I wonder if that becomes a little intimidating to to students if they don't want to apply because of some of those questions yeah i think we need to just say that right now like don't be intimidated don't not apply because your work isn't 100 percent recycled or you can't identify as ethical right that's not necessarily what this is about yeah our goal is to help create this sort of list of ideas of like what are the kinds of things students are a thinking about like what are your questions like what are the things that are happening around you that you're like I wonder if this is good or bad or what are the 
how can I be thinking a little bit more deeply about that? Yeah. Um, but then also, um, what materials are you using? Like, how can that come into play? Um, how are you connecting your materials? Maybe that's how you're thinking ethically. Like, either asking questions, having those things happen in your work directly, or, you know, honestly, just becoming a, a member of this org is like a step, right? That's yeah. a small thing that has a really big impact because your membership fees go to all of these programs that we're doing that help educate the community right so literally if you're listening and you're technically a student and also i really like this how you define student oh yeah our student definition is great that's such a big thing for me because i it just gets under my skin you know um you have to broaden the definition Mm -hmm. you're non-binary like you know branch out like not everybody is a traditional student and you're not and like a student could be a 65 year old that is just going back so um Let's brought, let's, what is that definition? So the definition, it's a, a student is someone who uh, is enrolled in a a college or high school, right? So like the, the traditional track you're like working towards. But also you can be doing workshops. But also you could be doing workshops. Yeah. Or if you have um, graduated within two years. Because okay. we acknowledge that the day you graduate, you don't necessarily feel like a professional <laughs> yeah. all the time. You still sort of are in this gray area of like, I just graduated, but I'm, uh, you know. So yeah. we wanted to make sure that the students in, in that group, if they wanted to consider themselves students, still could apply. Yeah, because I... I got uppity about it when I was at Penland as a core fellow because yeah. that I looked at Penland as like my undergrad yeah. and I wanted to go to the snack conference and I wanted to apply for that student scholarship. So they brought in the definition for me. Oh, nice. yeah. I wrote in and I was like, I deserve to be able to be a part of this and apply for this. And they're like, oh, OK, we have to get back to you. And then they did. And, you know, it was really funny. <laughs> Because I think for the student scholarship through SNAG, the teacher picks the student. Like the oh. organization is um, eligible to like tell the tell snag which student they wanted to be mm. and I went through all these steps and I looked at Leslie and Noel and I was like well technically you gotta like nominate me <laughs> then it was like it's me by the way <laughs> you know, like I did the legwork you're choosing me awesome. um so it could also be somebody who is taking maybe a night class at a local fine arts center absolutely and they're not trying to get a degree like for yeah. example I have so many students in my school that like aren't trying to get a degree but are taking classes and sometimes they'll take one every semester and sometimes they'll take one every so often but like they would identify as a student yeah you know like they and then it, become it, a so member. That counts. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is some good prizes in here, people. Yeah, so like we have a lot of good money. Thir- so it's thirty five dollars to become a member. I'm trying to look at where that. Price yeah, and you is. get so much for that because thirty five dollars is generally what you're gonna cost. It's gonna cost you to apply to any call for entry to like anywhere. Yeah. So for that, you get to apply to the call for entry, which is not only just an exhibition, but it's also an emerging artist award. So you do have the chance of like. It's sort of like two applications in one, if you ask me, which Mm -hmm. is sort of why the application is a little bit more robust. We allow a lot of um, images like you. I think you're able to submit up to five works and like detail shots of them, because those that are going to be sort of in the running for that emerging artist award, we sort of need to be able to see a a bit more work from them to get that feeling. Um, But yeah, five artworks and two detail images per work. Right. So that's a lot of images. but then, you know, so if students have like one piece that they want to submit, like you may or may not end up being considered for that Emerging Artist Award. With just because it's like, one piece. Just because it's one piece. Yeah. But you'll still be eligible for that, you know, exhibition component, which so I think that yeah. it, we it's our way of sort of combining two application or two 
projects into one application. Yeah, still lying on your resume. And it's that's also on an online only exhibition. Right. But I, I know you guys have like hopes uh, of in the future of having exhibitions. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the sky's the limit. It all comes down to what the student chapters want to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like what the work and that they want to put into it. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, like, I'll help. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I can to make sure it happens. But they just have to want to do it first. <laughs> yeah. And then um, eligibility. Yeah. So you have to do, you do have to be a member. Um, entry deadline. I, t- I You guys, I pulled up the website because like, hey. <laughs> now we know. Uh, here we are. It's a random day. It's June 8th. You know, it's like usually the end or the beginning of the month. So that's why it was hard for us to remember. Oh, you know yeah, what? We do 8th. that so that it can happen after snag. Oh, good. And, and like give people a little grace period after snag because we do promo for it at snag. There's oh, going to be awesome. it. There'll be um, you should if you're going to snag, you should go to the um, educators room whenever they do that mm-hmm. and uh, visit our table. There'll, there'll be uh, rags for you to pick up. We do um, like we think about rags as a, a oh, great I hate way paper of, towels in studios. Yeah, get rid of paper towels. Make sure you're using rags. And so we have little screen printed rags that we give away at snag and then oh, stickers and stuff like that. So and check I, out our booth. I do love stickers. Taylor will be there this year. Hey, and then um, so let's talk about money because that's my favorite. Also, okay. this is the sixth annual. Yeah, so congratulations to you guys. Yeah, you know that's a mo- yeah. I love how you're growing. It's great. <laughs> I know. And I, right on the postcard it says we've redefined student. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. <laughs> so the Emerging Artist Award is a thousand dollars. which is a lot of money. Yep, nice. And that is I get to choose that, and in conjunction with the VCU chapter of EM students, right. Um, sponsored by Rick L- Richline Group. Yep. Who's that? Um, they're a, a company in the field that's sort of also dedicated, or they're an organization in the field that's also dedicated to like ethical fair, practices, fair mind practices. Oh, things like that. good yep. on you, Richline. Hey. Yeah, they're fantastic. Richline, I have to do. I I have to shout out to them while we're talking about it. They have been like all of our sponsors have been fantastic. Um, Richline, they. They sponsor the um, Emerging Artist Award, but they also help mm-hmm. for us to print and mail all of those posters. We, we make a show poster every year and oh, we send cool. that to schools. And so they help us print and mail that. They also um, give us pro bono design uh, pro bono design uh, for that, for the nice. poster. So they, they, they've really um, made sure that the the show can maintain a really nice high status with that award. And then uh, Rio has been awesome. They do the second award, which is the Juris Choice. So Sarah, you'll get oh, to choose Oh, that's the one, one I choose. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I yeah. got ahead of myself. So emerging like, artists, the whole group gets to choose, right? Yeah, Everybody's voice matters. Um, and then you'll get to pick like your, your one that you want to give an award to. And then the committee gets to choose or the EM students chapter at VCU gets to, that's wild. to choose their own award winner. And so uh, Rio Grande, they support that award. So it's $500. And then they also give us um, $500 worth of gift certificates that we can give out throughout the year to like help promote the show. Um, So Mm. this past year, we ended up giving them to students who participated in that ECU RJM kind of project. Yeah. Yeah. So we just gave those out just recently. Um, And then uh, this year, they also helped us um, support uh, Taylor to go to SNAG. Aww. So she's going to get some funding to be able to go to Snag from Rio. Thank you, Rio. Um, and then No Dirty Gold um, is another, um, it's a, No Dirty Gold is a campaign um, from another org called Earthworks. Yeah. And um, they also are dedicated to to ethical sourcing and yeah. whatnot. And um, they have done the, uh, 
EM Students Choice Award. Every yeah, so year. that'll be all the, ch- and that's two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, two hundred fifty. And so, so lots the, of money, lots of good money. And then you know the emerging artist gets an expose on the student website, mm-hmm. and Michael got a lot of great publicity from it last year. Yeah. I mean, that's how I came to know about this organization. Um, all the f- winners get their work featured on the promotional poster, which goes over to 200 schools throughout around the world. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, opportunity for your work to be pr- represented by ethical metalsmiths in print and online. Mm-hmm. Have the opportunity to work directly with EM students on projects mm-hmm. and just be connected. And, you know, it's just as a student or somebody trying to make an, um, a name for themselves within the field and some notoriety, like can't hurt to apply right you know i mean our whole goal is to like give you a platform like we just want to show you guys off as much as we can and um and and have people see your work and have people see your words and if um people make those connections between your name and your work and all of that um because that's what we like to do for our students (laughs) you know you gotta you gotta do that for your students so um so apply yeah apply. and i can't stress enough about like even if you don't think that you're doing something right now that would qualify as like thinking ethically or you can start this could be the beginning and so asking the right asking questions what are you curious about so you know it's called so fresh so clean also i love the name (laughs) yeah um fresh work that's happening now challenging how we define the field of metal smithing and jewelry that's broad Mm -hmm. a little vague Yes. Yeah. So get in on that. And then clean, objectively looking at where our studio practices intersect with environmental concern and human health. And even if maybe you weren't thinking that when you made these pieces, at least put in the, like, start thinking about it and be honest and say you want to yeah. grow and et cetera. Yeah. Like your responsibility statement could be like, when I'm done at my current school and I'm going to start working in my own studio or start building my own practice, the first thing I'm going to do is make sure that I um, dispose of my pickled properly or that I, I, you know, like you could make a goal for yourself, even if it's not something you have control over right now because you don't have as much control over your own studio when you're a student. Mm -hmm. Like what is something that you want to make sure you do? Maybe you've learned that at the school you're at right now, or maybe it's something that you've read through some of the other um, entries and like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, like I said, at some point we're going to create a list of like all of the suggestions we've sort of collected over the the years and be like here's Mm -hmm. a here's a resource for suggestions um some people in the past uh uh rachel davis uh she said something about um just collecting uh shipping materials like whenever she oh yeah gets something in the mail or sent like she just reuses all of that stuff we hoard shipping materials right and it's JV like collective. it's such an obvious thing to do yeah. like it box doesn't need to be pretty it doesn't need to be pretty and all that material can get used over and over um and it was just like yeah Absolutely. It's, it's a perfectly sensible thing to do and many of us probably do it but like acknowledge that like you are doing something there's some you, things you're doing yeah like there yeah. are things you're doing that you might not be thinking about did you ride your bike like do you ride your bike to the studio yeah hey, that, that counts and um, do you work by candlelight just kidding <laughs> right <laughs> do, you, do you use rags instead of paper towels and if you and if you don't like what are the other things that you could do set your set goals mm-hmm. for yourself um so yeah, don't let that responsibility statement seem too intimidating because the goal of it is really to create an archive of suggestions and, and help so that we can tell each other what we can do. And I love 
any I love community I mean I've talked about it so much on here so it's like just one more thing that you can sign up for and create a community internationally I think it's really great so what if students are listening or people are listening they're like hey I want to start a chapter yeah what does that actually mean is that hard no no so basically all you have to do is reach out to me first Um, so if you Mm -hmm. go onto the website um, there's a a tab under our work like Mm -hmm. in the EM ethical metalsmith website there's a, a tab called our work and that's like all the sort of projects related to to EM and so EM students is one of them and our other projects are on there and and so um, reach out to me there'll be a link that you can follow um, or just google me and you'll you'll find me that way too um, the, so we'll start by having a conversation and kind of get an idea of what maybe your ideas are and what are your motivations and so far the chapters there's two different projects that EM students has taken on one is the VCU chapter um, which is doing the so fresh and so clean and that sort of lives at VCU and now uh, the other one is a project called Critical Smiths and mm-hmm. Critical Smiths is a collaboration between uh, myself as the advisor of EM students and um, Missy from Wellness for Makers. Okay. Right? So we Aww, work together. Hey girl. I know. And it's funny, me and her, like we've had so many conversations, but we've also not been in the same room at the same time together, but we've been working together for like well <laughs> over a year now oh, yeah. on these projects. And so the, the first group is in Australia, as I mentioned before, and they are working on a project about flux. And so their goal right now is to talk about what are the things that are in flux, how are those materials, what chemicals are they, how are they um, dangerous to us or the environment? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put all that information on a poster and send it around to all the schools. And so that if we you, have addresses for. And you know, it pays to be a student member because I'm looking at the website right now, which is beautiful. Adam Atkinson's a member. Yeah. Adwadwa, Adwadwa Obang. Ugh, sorry, girl. She was on the podcast during ECU Symposium. She's awesome. Very good. Brian Parnon's a member. Sam Tyson's a member. Uh, Felicia Severn is. Danielle Addo. Um, Elizabeth Arts. I'm butchering these names. <laughs> I know. But it's I'm a just bold move to start reading names. Outs. I know. Rachel Dunn. <laughs> hey, girl. Mary Jarvis. Sarah Ben. Parado. So listen, if you had been a member, you might have well had a chance to get your name said. Yeah. Um, but get on there. Get right. up there. And regardless of being accepted into the exhibition, you'll get a profile on the show. And if you click on any of those, you'll see that we have um, a little list of the, their name and then they get a statement and then a link to their own personal website. Oh, I like they have that. One. Or sometimes it's like to their Instagram feed if they don't have their own personal website. Um, so yeah. yeah, like regardless, of, I mean, for thirty five dollars, that that like right there is actually pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, you just um, <laughs> immediately you you hover over the image, and this like nice little overlay pops up with all your information about you, right. and a, like a little blurb. Um, that's fancy. Yeah, yeah. And we so I just spent all last year really working on that website. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice that it's sort of just up now and it becomes a maintenance a maintenance project because uh, we we had all of our stuff on. Uh, ethical or it was emstudents.org um while we were doing a new website for mm-hmm. ethical metalsmiths and uh then i just had to remake all of the content oh. <laughs> of the new sites it was like all the shows i redid all the shows and all that um so it was kind of a big project to so get it's done easy to become a student it's cool to start a chapter i'm the type of person that likes to start things yes you know like i love being able to say like hey i helped found this so like jump on it if you're trying to make a name for yourself or an impact within our field, like start a chapter. That right. could be your legacy at your school. Yeah, so the as a chapter, you know, we'll start by just having a conversation. 
usually I want to bring on if it's a if it's a student group, I generally want to bring on a faculty advisor as well yeah. to make sure that mostly because um, it's helpful to have someone there yeah. that has a little bit of pull with yeah. the students as well. I also find that the if the faculty is interested in like fusing this project into their curriculum in some way, mm-hmm. that's sometimes the best way to make it happen because then the students aren't they're also getting like credit for doing it i think ideally like like we can't pay the students like we can sometimes get funding for like projects like for the the flux one we were able to give them some gift certificates to buy a bunch of materials and to do um experiments with and things like that um and there's grants we can write and, and whatnot but um you know if there's a way as a faculty member if you're running to get a student group involved and incorporated into your curriculum i think sometimes that's the best way for it to be a really robust project and it's mm-hmm. one that and then it can continue to live on yeah. and on versus just one group at one time you yeah know? like how yeah. does it then have a life after that um so having the faculty involved i think really really helps that though it's not a requirement it yeah but it, it a, a motivated student group could also go for it. Well, I just I, found that's the most successful way. Is the when, success. Yeah, yeah. And I also learned something yesterday that being an educator means like that could be part of that educator's community service aspect of their tenure or whatever. Absolutely. Too. You know? Yeah. Just that's like, your service. Check line. that out. Two for one. Yeah. Just getting two birds stoned at once. Yeah. That, or, <laughs> is that how you say that? All right. Anyways. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's a great way to get service on there. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I would love EM to do. And so I just sort of recently claimed the chair of the education committee because like well someone's got to do it i'll go for it Get on and you. It's, yeah. you know, so it's like me and Susie and um kathleen kennedy mm-hmm. and uh, elizabeth shaw in australia we are all the the education committee and what i would really love to see happen is um a sort of a, a curriculum i would mm-hmm. like to write some curriculum or ways that educators can bring these philosophies into their curriculum as a as a package like here you go just have it like we wrote this you can use it if you want to um you can fuse it with what you already do but in sometimes it's as simple as just like certain little conversations like i make sure my students read these chapters of these books or we read these articles and that's sort of covering some of our bases um and then maybe in your advanced classes you can bring in more of that but um i think that would be a really great project to dive into next for me at least is to like write curriculum packages for educators to use that's awesome yeah look at you lucy i love writing curriculum that's another thing about me oh really you might not know good to know i love it yeah (laughs) i do i I love writing projects and i love uh making it all work together and thinking about the like the beginning and the middle and the end and like their first year and their second year and i don't know i love making the map of like what they're experience could be in like this semester we're going to read this chapter and next semester we're going to read that chapter and then by the end you'll have all this you know I like seeing the picture well that's why you're an educator (laughs) yeah it is it is you have to love that kind of stuff I think Um, yeah or at least maybe I hope you do love that stuff well guys so you now know that this amazing opportunity exists and we gave you insight as to what ethical metalsmith is if you want to get involved if you want to be a part of it it's not hard Mm. do it um please uh apply you know this 
Um, we're in the first week of May. I'm going to be getting this episode out as soon as I can. So you have plenty of time to get that application put together. It's not hard. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Lucy. You can reach out to myself. You can reach out to Taylor or Andy. Um, shoot me a DM on Instagram. It's not hard. Uh, emstudentcommittee at gmail.com. There you go. Emstudentcommittee at gmail.com. And we're going to make this information very um, accessible to you. Also, hashtag, they have a, um, they have a hashtag, make it ethical. Oh, yeah. We Their have social hashtag. media campaign. So, yeah. like, be hashtagging. That's yeah. cool. You hashtag could get make it ethical. Yeah, that highlighted. was a, We did a raffle series for a while on that. Like, we would have people post with that hashtag and then we'd like randomly select a winner um so sometimes that'll come up too so to keep yeah, keep using the hashtag always beneficial we've also got stickers of that at uh, snag that i have one up. on my podcast um yeah, case now very so cool. yeah <laughs> um well lucy thank you so much for thank coming you. on and being giving so much insight to all the aspects of this amazing organization thanks for having me it's yeah. been awesome and if you guys just are getting to know you it's been cool getting to know you I know, <laughs> oh guys we were supposed to interview yesterday but it was like a marathon and Lucy is the most patient human in the world. I think we sat around for like four hours and then it was like, listen, can we do it tomorrow? So thank you for being flexible. Um, You got to be flexible. Yeah. Um, And you guys, if you're coming to Chicago, like, please reach out, find us. That's the whole point of going to snack is to meet people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and if you're excited about uh, applying for the, so fresh and so clean talk to us about it mm-hmm. let us hear okay and go to the uh, snag table and go to the, the snag table because you guys are going to be there you can get a free rag and it's i love free stuff yeah. so stickers rags etc mm-hmm. that's cool well lucy thank you so much it's thank been a pleasure you. speaking with you everyone this has been another episode of perceived value you know the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists until next time Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash perceivedvalue to learn more. Or check out our website at perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>